It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. One of the best weekends of the year is all set. Eight teams left standing with four games in front of us. The In the AFC, the top seed, the Ravens hosting the Texans. It's a Bills-Chiefs rematch, but this time Patrick Mahomes is taking to the road to Josh Allen's house. In the NFC, the Red Hot Packers will try to take down the top seed in the 49ers. And two former number one picks will face off as the Bucks head to Motown. And with that, welcome to NFL Live. Laura is traveling after last night's game, Monday Night Football in Tampa. Kevin Nagani here with Dan Olavsky and Marcus Spears. And this is not a session for me to get on the couch. I will not be talking well, about all that. We got a Cowboys that. fan there. Yeah. We got an Eagles fan here. You're so. sitting pretty much to discuss <laughs> on what exactly we saw over the weekend, including last night in Tampa. And it is the Bucks and Baker Mayfield hosting the Eagles and Mayfield. I mean, first quarter, they're up 3 nothing. How about third down here to David Moore, 44 yards, Yeah, Dan. really nice spacing by the Bucks' pass game here. They get, essentially, Philadelphia to run into each other. And then one of the themes of the night, Troy Aikman and Joe Buck were great on this. The awful tackling by Philadelphia's defense. That was a theme. Meanwhile, Jalen Hurts down 13. And Devontae Smith, you don't have A.J. Brown, and he finds Smitty. Kevin, this is a play called. It's, it's a play-action pass. You fake a run, and then you throw the ball, something Eagles fans know no idea about because they don't do it enough. <laughs> Dallas Goddard finds the end zone, but they are stopped on the brotherly shove. So they are down by seven ahead now. Late in the third, Hurts tries to evade. You can't do this, Dan. You can't. You, you cannot. This is a play where Jalen's trying to do too much. This is a play when I watch it, I see a quarterback that is in incredibly frustrated, both by how the play calling is happening and the execution by his unit. Put your hands together. That's a safety. And then a couple plays into that next possession. I mean, are you kidding me, Jalen? James Bradbury, and there goes Trey Palmer looking. And he makes the Eagles defense look like they play Pop Warner. Really bad. Again, they, they, Bradbury driving to the outside hip, complete arm tackle. It happened far too often last night. And what can we say about Mayfield? How about this? 337 yards and three touchdowns. First quarterback in Bucks postseason history heat check. with those numbers. That's a heat check right there. My All like pressure, has a plan for it, gives his guy Chris Godwin a chance. A team that was 10-1 and one and their fan base with bags over their head. It was bad for the Eagles. Here's Hurts afterwards. I think for us this year, I just don't think we've played well enough. Um, we play well enough. The identity, um, the consistency, the execution for us, the turnovers, everything, all of those come into play when you're talking about having an opportunity to, to win championships. You know, there's something that uh, something we have to be able to learn from. You know, something we have to be able to learn from. The 23-point loss could have been much bigger. Is the second-largest playoff loss in Eagles franchise history. The issues, they're everywhere. How about 0 for 11 on third and fourth downs, becoming the first team to fail to convert a third or fourth down in a playoff game since the Bills in the 1988 AFC Championship. And Jalen Hurts, despite that dislocated finger, he still passed the ball, limited to one rushing attempt after he averaged nine a game during the regular season. We'll get to Marcus in a moment. Dan, though, the definition of insanity is doing something over 
and over and over again, but expecting different results. What did you see from this offense? A terrible plan for pressure. We talked about it on NFL Live yesterday. This game was going to come down to Philadelphia offensively, who's been awful dealing with the blitz. Will you have a plan to execute against a team that does it incredibly well in Tampa Bay? This is going to start with Kenneth Gainwell, the back outside. If you've ever watched this show, when you put a back outside and he is matched by Levante David, you should know exactly what's happening. It is man-to-man -man coverage. Step number two is in this situation, Tampa Bay loves to play man coverage and pressure you. So he brings the back in, okay? They're trying to figure information out. Levante matters or matches him. They know it's man. Second thing is, because you're playing Tampa Bay, you should be expecting the blitz. Now, this is what happens. Look what Jalen does. He goes to his helmet right now. They've called two plays in the huddle. He's going, hey, alert, alert, check, check, check. We are going to go to the next play. Why? Because Tampa Bay has nobody in the deep middle, and they are playing man-to-man -man coverage across the board. Press man, press man, press man. Everybody else is going to be a blitzer. Okay, so you know they're going to play a guy versus a guy. Let's go hurt them. Here's my issue with it. They have a plan for it. It's just the plan is terrible. What they do is instead of trying to attack it, and the way to attack it would be to try to take a Dallas Goddard to pick and go to the flat right now or potentially go Goddard up and run out block and then a screen. That's how you try to hurt it. All they do is they run everybody vertical. Here's my issue. Next step with this. There's one person who's playing off coverage. Jalen Hurts decides it to throw it to the one person who's playing off coverage. Everybody else is running a vertical route, which again, it was an awful play in this situation. And the one person you shouldn't throw it to is the guy playing off coverage. Third and two, awful situation plan-wise for the Philadelphia Eagles. Third and seven, a little bit later in the game. They're going to get to this bunch concept. They're going to motion out. Everybody at home, third down. What are the Bucs going to do? They're going to play zero coverage, all-out pressure. Couple tells. You have everybody on the secondary standing in a straight line. Everybody else is going to be a pressure person. What's our plan for it? This is an atrocious play call in this situation. They're going to run everybody on a what we call hook route. Couple things stand out. As Jalen Hurts has to go throw this football because they have one more blitzer, this is what I see. Philadelphia Eagle looking downfield. Philadelphia Eagle looking downfield. Philadelphia Eagle looking downfield. And what I see in return is Tampa Bay Buccaneer looking at the quarterback. Tampa Bay Buccaneer looking at the quarterback. Tampa Bay Buccaneer looking at the quarterback. How is the offense looking opposite of the quarterback and the defense staring at the quarterback and there's no plan? They run hooks. Everybody hooks up to the quarterback. That is not a good play for this. Last part is this. Jamel Dean's one of the squattiest corners in football. He sits and waits. Every defensive back in this situation sits and waits. Why? Because they know that the blitzers force the ball out of the hands of the quarterback. What you should do is double move Devontae Smith on a nosy corner for a touchdown, but it's covered because of the poor plan. That's really what happened last night, and that's been a story for this offense for realistically 10 weeks. Poor plan and no desire to hurt the defense when they try to dictate to you. And that's really the crux of one of the reasons why this football team, at least offensively, completely fell apart. And they knew the blitz was coming, Marcus. Dan, they I was knew. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I, first of all, Kev, uh, you know, as as being a Cowboy fan and you're an Eagle fan, welcome to Cancun, brother. <laughs> about to have a great summer. We're going to watch some football the rest of the way. Uh, here, here's the thing, Dan, because yeah, when I did, when, when I was talking earlier to our producer, it was a plan for pressure. And all of them was go balls. It was the craziest yes. thing I've ever seen. But it's almost it's almost who they are that like we've been trying to figure out like what's this team identity? How are they going to move forward and get better? 
and the time that they should have spent knowing that Todd, I've known that Todd Bowles was going to blitz before this season started and last season yep. when you get in yep. these critical down situations. That's that's what he does. And for you to come into this game and, and have absolutely no plan is more of an indictment on coaching. That is why we talking about Nick Sirianni's job. Like, we, 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 we on this show, I love the fact that you are the best in the game at breaking film down and showing people why we talk about things, whether good or bad. That's coaching, America. No no that doubt. is exactly what a coach is supposed to do. That is, the, that is the definition of not putting your players in a position to be successful. And then we get back to the identity part, which is all I could think about last night. The defensive line made a couple plays. They pressured Baker Mayfield. But there was no effort, mm. offensively or defensively. You asking the offensive line that's big and physical to drop back and pass protect 90% of the game. Yep. And you think that that is the best course for a team that we've seen be dominant doing the opposite mm. of what they did last night. That was my frustration, man. And when you look at, when you look at this Tampa Bay game, and you think about the Philadelphia Eagles of last year, the Philadelphia Eagles of last year would have put 50 on, on, on Tampa Bay mm -hmm. this time last year because of what they would have dictated and how they ran offense. And even earlier this year, yeah. how they ran offense. Now, I don't know if Jalen Finger affected you from doing an RPO or having some nah, semblance of a threat hurts of September. him running the football. It blew my mind, bro. Yeah. It blew my mind. And all I could think about was they pay people to do this. Yeah. They pay people to do this and prepare for football games. Yeah. It let, was horrid. Let me talk about the offense just for a second more. Jalen Hurts was fine. I actually thought Jalen Hurts played pretty darn well given what they asked him to do. It was just such a broken offensive plan. That is not something or somebody that needs oh, to get fixed. Goodness. They also wasted a great performance by Devontae Smith. Marcus, I want to talk to you about the defense, okay? You're a Philadelphia Eagles fan. We know that, right? Yes. I think Tampa should have scored 50. Yep. Tampa should have scored 50. If they caught oh, yeah. the football, Mike they Evans could have scored plays. 50. Yep. If, you, if you ask me to define this game, it's as bad schematically and execution-wise a defensive tape that I've seen this year. And I've watched every single snap from yeah. every single team in football. The plan of putting defensive linemen in situations to play well, awful. The coverage leverage, awful. Mm. The tackling effort, Awful. The communication on the back end, awful. I do believe this defense is too talent to talented to have played this well. Marcus, I, I want to ask you this, though, because I, I don't want to say something that I'm not in a position to say. Tackling, how much is that of, of that is just effort? Like, what percentage of oh, tackling yeah. as a defensive guy mm -hmm. is just, listen, effort? Yeah. Well, you know, that's why I'm your brother, because I say things that people don't want to say. They shut it down. Mm -hmm. But they've they shut it down earlier in the year. Like th this defensive team, bro, they had no there was no edge to the way that they played football the last seven weeks, right? And you looking at a team in Philly who we had the expectations of being the bullies on the block nah. based on what they told us last year and what we thought they would be coming into the season. And we looked at this team every week and said, they'll get it going. They'll figure it out. They didn't figure it out schematically. They made a change of the defensive coordinator. And I don't like allocating the word quit to a team or a player. And you know I don't like calling players soft. Last night, though, Philly looked like they were playing an exhibition game in the preseason yeah. as opposed to trying to take one step further and going into the playoffs. And that was what was most disappointing, man.
So Sean Desai gets demoted. That's a Nick Sirianni decision. Matt Patricia gets bumped up. And when you, when you saw how this team played, they just didn't want to play for the coaching staff, the body language. We won't say the word quit. They just didn't want to play for each other. There was a lot of individual Nothing about how, hey, group Everybody tackling. got eyes. It, no. was, it was awful. Much more coming up on this Eagles team, including an update on Nick Sirianni and his status and what we can expect in a very emotional week here in Philadelphia. You talk about emotions, boy, there's a lot in the fan base that was emotional after the game because that guy, the Philly legend, Jason Kelsey, shedding some tears, talking to Stoutland on the sidelines today league sources have told adam schefter that the 36 year old kelsey told teammates after the game that he's retiring following a 13-year nfl career all with the eagles build him a statue a six-round pick in 2011 kelsey was named as a first team all pro six times he's one of five centers to be a first team all pro at least six times the other four are all in the pro football hall of fame he will never, and trust me, he will never have to buy a drink in Philly or South Jersey in his lifetime, in his kids' <laughs> lifetimes. Uh, listen, what made, and Marcus, as a defensive guy, what made Jason Kelsey great at his job? Because he was an undersized center. What made him so great? Yeah. Everything, Kev. Look, I could wax poetic about Jason Kelsey. The one thing as a defensive lineman you respect about offensive linemen is technique. And he was a he was a, a technician to his core. The athleticism to be able to pull. Do you know what type of advantage is created when your center can pull and get on the edge and find linebackers? That's what made him great. The communication up front. The comfort of a young quarterback in Jalen Hurts, knowing that my big fella up front will make sure the protection is right. There are unseen things that Jason Kelsey did throughout his career that we can talk about because we know what it takes to actually be good within that line of scrimmage and have all of those guys on the same page. But his technique, his ability to pull and gain space and get up on second levels of linebackers was he as elite as he gets, and that's why he'll be in Kansas. Man, greatest parade speech of all time, too. Mm. He is one of us in Philadelphia, yeah. of course. <laughs> Much more to come here on NFL Live. We got Josh Allen. How about a spectacular performance against the Steelers in a snow-filled Highmark Stadium? Marcus explains how the Bills' offense has been able to hit its stride with a new OC. Plus, Jeff Darlington joins us with the latest on Bill Belichick's future. The Atlanta Falcons look to be interested but is that the best fit? We'll discuss. This is NFL Live. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. 
Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. Well, the postseason NFL countdown crew has you covered for the divisional round Saturday, 2 Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and Sunday at noon Eastern, right here on ESPN. The app, they'll have player features, early breaking stories, injury updates, and extensive previews of each game. And the early game yesterday was a makeup from Sunday's bad weather in Buffalo. Bills hosting the Steelers. Wild card round. Let's pick things up in the first quarter. Josh Allen dropping back and he finds the tight end Dalton Kincaid. Yeah, I love the fact that they get the turnover. Very next play, they get aggressive. Two safeties deep Kincaid down the middle of the field for a perfect throw. Look at the snowball celebration throughout the stands. We saw a lot of that. And then this third and eight, midway through the second quarter. Who's going to stop the train, Dan? That is Josh Allen. Hey, I don't know how many guys in the league are doing this. Him. Lamar Jackson, they are very rare when it comes to his size, speed, and strength. Superman. 52 yards to the house, 21-0, and, and Buffalo's feeling good, but here comes the Steelers. Mason Rudolph to Calvin Austin the third. Uh-oh. There's a lot to be said about Mason Rudolph. His toughness and his leadership mattered over the last month for Pittsburgh. Here's the play of the game. Khalil Shakur. Refuses to go down and makes many throughout the Steelers defense miss and finds the end zone and that was the nail in the coffin. What a great play. He gets the shallow cross, breaks multiple tackles, and then the quickness to get in. Uh, You saw the reaction from the Bills players. They lifted Shakir up. They wanted to carry him off the field after that run. In addition to that 52-yard touchdown run, Allen throwing for three scores in the victory. It's his fourth career playoff game with at least four combined passing and rushing touchdowns and no turnovers. The only other quarterbacks with at least that many playoff games in NFL history, Joe Montana and Allen's opponent next weekend. That is Patrick Mahomes. The difference is Mahomes is finally on the road and coming to Allen's house next week. Here we go. Wait for that. Marcus, when you look at Josh Allen's overall game, he protected the the football. And that is where we're going to start here. What stood out the most to you? Oh, Josh Allen protecting the football is the key to the Buffalo Bills winning a championship. That's number one. And the other thing that kept coming to my mind is Joe Brady has now given Josh Allen a plan and a place to go with the football every time he drops back to throw it. And he's not afraid to run the football. Do you know I actually watched the Buffalo Bills milk time off the clock by handing the football off yesterday? That was the one thing that stood out to me more than anything. And I know James Cook only had 18 carries, but it was about when those carries occurred and how effective they were and how they kept the Pittsburgh Steelers defense away from knowing that the Buffalo Bills would be one-dimensional. It was phenomenal. Joe Brady has has been wonderful, and Josh Allen now has a plan and a place to go with the football and this is their best course to mm. try to win a Super Bowl. There is trust. You could see that between the quarterback and the play caller. And, and I got to get your thoughts here, Marcus, because on that 52-yard run, uh, you're playing weight, 6'4", 315 pounds. 
Josh Allen is 6'5", 240, 250, depending on, you know, if he's yeah. going to go hey, eat some food before coming in, right? How are you handling Josh Allen in the open space coming towards you like a train? What are you going to do there, Marcus? First of all, he ain't coming at me way back there, Kev. That's number one. The best thing you can do to Josh Allen is to get him to stop his damn feet before he break through that line of scrimmage. Because your DBs got hell to pay when they try to drop <laughs> their shoulder on the big fella. Now, it was, now obviously, I got to be a defensive guy, and I got to bring up the fact that we thought he was going to slide, uh -huh. and everybody pulled up. The league got to figure out a way to fix that, man. That is such an advantage in the open field because you're either going to get a personal foul and a FedEx letter in your locker if he really is sliding and you go for the hit. And then when he ifs and everybody pulls up, mm -hmm. we're going to kill you in the media about making a business decision and not wanting to tackle. That is a catch-22, and I understand what the league is about hits on the quarterback and making sure they're protected, but we got to figure out a rule for that fake slide, dude. you saying you saying he pulled the Vladi Divac, the – the flop? <laughs> Coach, he pulled the Vladi. Didn't, didn't Kenny Pickett do that in college? He did, yeah, yeah. He did in the bowl game. Yeah. I think the first yeah, time. Okay, Wade Forrest, okay. Yeah, okay. I thought so. And what then they changed the rule, yeah. by the way, after he did that. What would you have done if I was running at you in the open field? Oh. I'd have picked your ass up and threw you in the fourth <laughs> row of the stadium. <laughs> and we all know that's true. Like, we all know that's true. Uh, yeah, right? Like, I got no comeback. I'm just going to laugh. Yo, um, th this, is, this is what I did like out of Buffalo's offense last night. I, I agree with Marcus. Valuing the football. I've talked a lot about Josh's interceptions this year. You know, obviously in the playoffs, they do matter just to click more. It's, it's win or go home. I loved the emergence of Shakir in the slot, okay? Shakir in the slot, Gabe Davis out. It gives them another person in the middle of the field. You think Steph there a couple times, but Steph on the outside. And then you think him and Kincaid, and then also they found their run. Marcus, you notice it seems like every week right now for Buffalo's offense, they're trying to find a specific run in-game that they can go to. Dallas yes. was that tackle pull a couple weeks ago. It was the front side zone. This week is they, they got a sixth offensive lineman in. They went bunch on one side, so three receivers, and then they ran that weak zone opposite. Opposite, and I just, you, for me as an offensive person, Marcus, you know this, as a play caller, you're trying to find what works. And I love the fact that Joe Brady kind of yeah. goes on that journey. What's working? Mm -hmm. And then when he gets it, it's like, here it comes. They ran it nine times yesterday. Here it comes, yeah. Yep, and it's like, hey, yeah. until you stop it, I'm going to keep calling. I love that from him. By the way, uh, Dan Orlovsky's longest run forward, 10 yards. You got a first down, Dan. You got a first down. In the NFL? In the NFL. 10 yards. He could, you seem shocked. He could never go 52, I'm trying to think of, no, no. You seem shocked by that. You seem shocked you got double-digit yards. I thought it would have been against, like, Lehigh or something in college. <laughs> Best UConn player in history. Coming up, Jordan Love of the Packers took over Jerry's world in his first career playoff start. Dan breaks down how the young quarterback was able to get the best of the Cowboys defense. That's ahead. This is NFL Live. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. From the beginning of the game, we got beat. No way to sugarcoat it. Here's the handoff. Aaron Jones blasting up the middle. Touchdown! Aaron Jones! Prescott is back. Throws it left. It's intercepted at the 20-yard line. Jair Alexander! There's no excuses. I suck tonight. Takes the handoff. Tight pocket. Throws it. Intercepted back the other way. It's going to be a pick six. They came out here. They're better than us in all facets of the game. To the end zone. Touchdown! Done! Tavian Wicks on the post. What a story. Jordan Love. We're hurting. We're disappointed. Clearly picked the wrong day to have a bad day. I know the headlines tend to go about Dak Prescott, what went wrong, but Dan Quinn's defense, my goodness, the Cowboys couldn't stop Jordan Love, who had a nearly perfect 99.3 total QBR in the win. That's actually the highest single-game mark in the playoffs since ESPN began tracking the metric in 2006. By the way, C.J. Stroud's performance Saturday against Cleveland puts him third on the list. Back here with Marcus and Dan. Uh, listen, they punched him in the face early on yeah. this offense. What's separated? Because it felt like Matt LaFleur put on a clinic here with Jordan Love. Clinic, outcoached everybody when it comes to Dallas. Uh, what he did with Kev was goes, hey, what do you struggle with? And we're going to do it. Say, so 12 personnel, one back, two tight end. They did it half their snaps. Under center, 67% of the time. They motioned 39 times in wow. this football game. And they went play action 10 times. They did exactly how... They knew the Cowboys would play and attacked it. There's motion. The quarterback is under center. I have no idea how the Cowboys are kicking a linebacker out to cover Jaden Reed, but the route matters. Now, Romeo Dobbs knows that when they play man, Dallas, they want to undercut crossing routes, meaning they go underneath off the back hip. That's exactly what Jordan Lewis, the defensive back, is trying to do. He's trying to beat him to the point across the field. Well, Dobbs sells it and then comes back out to the sideline. Remember all those clips and memes that went through the internet? of people asking, well, how are all these people by themselves for Green Bay? That's how. Multiple times in that game, what Green Bay did was they sold a crossing route. They knew the defensive back for Dallas would try to undercut it and beat him to the spot, and then they came back out from where they came from. They did it with motion. They did it with play action. They put a quarterback under center, and they did everything that they knew Dallas would try to do to counter it mm. and used it against them. That's coaching. Dio, and from a defensive perspective, the 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 inability to adjust oh, yeah. from Dan Quinn and this defense. And obviously we talked yesterday about how limited in personnel they were as far as the linebacker spot. But when you look at Jordan Love and Green Bay, the most important thing that they were able to do is hit the explosive plays yep. in the run and the pass game. And when you think about Dallas's defense, first of all, he took the ball at the beginning of the game because he wanted to go down and score a touchdown. But more importantly, he knew that he had this defense early in this game. If you think about the split flow that we talked about with Aaron Jones in the run game, game. why not do it to Dallas? The, 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 the area of the defense where everybody's had success is exactly how you like to run the football with your running back. 
the passing game, he was I, – I believe this truly. I think Dan Quinn was terrified to play man-to-man. Mm. I think he had a healthy amount of respect for these wide receivers. But when he found himself in zone, he knew that the, the run after the catch and the explosive nature of what they could do out of the backfield yep. would put him at a disadvantage as well. They had no answers defensively, man, schematically and player-wise. Tremendous growth for Jordan Love in the second half of the season, and we saw that, of course, peaking oh, in unreal. Dallas. Time for some top stories. Let's bring in Jeff Darlington for some coaching news. Jeff, uh, Mike McCarthy's future is in question after that ugly loss of the Packers. Where does that situation stand today after the emotion is kind of worn off there? Yeah, what's up, fellas? Yeah, look, when it comes to Jerry Jones and his decision on Mike McCarthy, quite frankly, you mentioned the emotion. Jones not even willing to go there after the game because he said he expected his season to be continuing, that he hadn't thought about it for a second. But of course, now he must. McCarthy has only one year left on his contract. We should point out Dak Prescott, for what it's worth, did endorse his coach. He said he's been amazing. I don't know how there can be questions about his future, but I understand the business. No doubt about it, Kev. We know there are questions about McCarthy, and we'll be keeping a close eye in the coming days. Nick Sirianni as well. This one wild, given the fact that he was just in the Super Bowl a year ago, but the questions are definitely uh, loud right now within the background. Now, I want to point something out. Only two coaches have been fired in the season after losing the Super Bowl. Bill Callahan by the Raiders in 2003 and John Fox by the Broncos in 2014. Talk about a difference in outcomes. The Raiders haven't won a playoff game while employing 10 other coaches since that firing. The Broncos won Super Bowl 50 a year later. Bill Belichick now interviewing with the Atlanta Falcons. As weird as it is to read, it is the truth. Falcons interview Bill Belichick for head coach position. I think what this tells us is it just lets the reality soak in that Belichick is now a free agent. And we know when you look at guys like Jerry Jones, when you look at Jeffrey Lurie, the Eagles owner, they will absolutely recognize that there are a number of high profile coaches out there, not the least of which the greatest of all of them, Bill Belichick. And we're not talking about the Cowboys or Eagles right now when I say that there are seven head coach openings right now. We will see if there's going to be more later this week. Marcus, what do you make of the fit here with Belichick in Atlanta, especially when you see all the pieces that they have on offense? <laughs> I, I don't love it. I'm going to be honest with you, Kev. Uh, Dan has alluded to this a bunch of times. I, Bill Belichick has to have a quarterback. Mm. and He needs an offensive coordinator to let that – side of the ball go. This is not about if he can coach. Bill Belichick can coach any team in football. But I think the offensive part of the game is something that has shown weakness for him to be able to not only draft for, but to have in order if it's not for Josh McDaniels and somebody having that under the tutelage. He obviously made the hire of Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, probably one of the worst marks on his coaching career when he decided to do that. But when you look at the teams out there, I thought the Los Angeles Chargers would have been right for Bill Belichick to go in and change the tenor and the tone and the culture of that team. Atlanta, anybody that gets Bill Belichick wins, but I love to see him go to a place where a quarterback can play at a high level. Yeah, I want to be very clear. Bill Belichick fits everywhere. He's that good of a coach. I do not care what yeah. the organization is. Now, everyone keeps saying, well, Bill Belichick is interviewing them. I understand that perspective, and, and I respect it. I think there's three questions that the teams in Atlanta have to Ask him, number one, are you okay with not picking the players on this roster? Because that is what happened in New England, and that's why he's no longer the head coach. I do not believe 
that Atlanta and their Terry Fontenot, their offensive or their general manager, give that up. Number two, who's your offensive coordinator? The offensive coordinators of the past couple years in New England have not brought modern day offenses. Guys, watch the next two rounds of the NFL playoffs. Everybody but maybe Buffalo puts their quarterback under center a ton. They run a ton of play action. They run a ton of pre or at the snap motion, and they run condensed splits. That is not what New England has done. And the third thing, Marcus alluded to it, is who's our, co who's our quarterback, Coach? Who's, who's going to be the quarterback? Do you pick it? Do we pick it? Do we want to trade up? So I, I think he fits anywhere, but I do think it's fair to say, even though he's Bill Belichick, there are some very – Real questions that have to get answered. And he's got to go to a place where you can Dan, win now. Go yeah. ahead, Marcus. Go ahead. No, it is fair. They've sucked on offense. Yeah. And he's been bringing the groceries. Right. They've been bad. Right. So it, it's not something that we've just made up about Bill Belichick. Obviously, you lose Tom Brady, you're going to fall a few levels down as far as the quarterback play. But even schematically, player-wise, and quarterback-wise, shifting and shaping, trying to figure out who that guy is. That's a part of the gig, bro, yeah. especially when you're the GM. He's been bad in that regard. You know what I would think would be fascinating? If Bill Belichick goes to Atlanta, does he hire Greg Roman, who was the offensive coordinator in Baltimore, who did a lot of great stuff with Lamar Jackson? Mm. Do they go get Justin Fields mm. from Chicago in the trade? The only caveat I would say is this, Marcus. If he does that, he does need to bring in somebody that is a passing game mind and or coordinator because that's what held Absolutely. Greg Roman back. If they can kind of bring somebody and morph that together, then they got something. Uh, by the way, 15, it could get scary. Yeah, for sure. Wins away from passing Don Shula for the all-time wins mark too. So wherever he goes, you know he's in the mindset I have to win in the next two to three years. Right. Coming up, NFL Live continues after another early playoff exit. Is it time for big changes in Pittsburgh? Hey, we've got Mike Tomlin news coming in. And that's ahead really? after the break. Big news. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. After what we saw from the Texans, cannot wait to see what they do on the road. C.J. Shroud Saturday and the Texans taking on Lamar Jackson and the top-seeded Ravens. 415 Eastern on ABC, ESPN, ESPN Deportes, and ESPN Plus. Our coverage begins with postseason NFL countdown to Eastern on ESPN. All right, we got some news as promised. Jeff Darlington is back with us. What's the latest on Mike Tomlin's status after yesterday's loss to Buffalo? Well, Kev, our very own Brooke Pryor is reporting right now that Mike Tomlin has informed the team, his players, 
that he will in fact be returning for the 2024 Ooh. season. He has one year remaining on his contract. The reason though that this is news of course is he was asked in a press conference a day earlier. He walked off the podium without comment leading some to wonder perhaps if there was some kind of change coming in Pittsburgh. I can tell you though again Brooke Pryor reporting that he will be back. Uh, he has received unanimous support from his locker room including most recently Cam Hayward who made very clear that he believes in Coach Tomlin. So again, one year remaining on his deal, but he will be back in 2024. So no Pete Carroll in Seattle, no Bill Belichick in uh, New England. So we've got Mike Tomlin as the longest tenured NFL head coach with a franchise. But a big question continues. The quarterback situation, Marcus, especially what we saw with <laughs> this team moving around multiple times. What should the Steelers do next here at QB? Yeah, first of all, shout out to Brooke P for asking the question that seemingly nobody wanted to answer and then getting more information the next day for us to get this report. Um, one, I'm glad Mike Tomlin is coming back, but Mike Tomlin knows as well as anybody, it doesn't take the media to tell you that he's going to have to find consistency at the quarterback spot. And, and yeah, I know what Mason Rudolph did at the end of the season. Mason Rudolph ain't going to win your Super Bowl. And Mike Tomlin has never started a season off without the idea of trying to win the Super Bowl and feeling like you that you are good enough at that position. So when you look at this roster, it's a lot of talent. The most important question, just like we talked about with Bill Belichick, is who will be the signal caller? And do you feel like once we get into the playoffs, we don't have to play one particular way of football in order to win games? That'll be the question going into the season, and hopefully they'll get it figured out. But it's, a, it's some quarterbacks that may be out there that he feels like he can win those types of games with. Russell Wilson to be available. Justin Fields may be available. It just depends on where Mike Tomlin is with that particular position. Yeah, the number one call should be to Chicago. And you're trying to see where they stand with Justin Fields, if they're going to take somebody at number one or keep him. The second call would be to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't think Baker Mayfield is going to leave them, considering they're in the divisional round playoffs. But I would make that my second call. My third call would be to the Vikings. Where, where do you stand on Kirk Cousins? You can't go into Kirk. next season with just yep. Kenny Pickett. Do I think that Kenny Pickett should be given the chance to compete for the job? Sure do. Now we have to figure out who's going to be their offensive coordinator. Mike Sullivan and Eddie Faulkner, who be kind of became the replacement pieces after they fired Matt Canada, had done a nice job. They did. They brought a little bit of an identity. He's got to figure it out. Coach T, he's got to figure out if, if he wants those two guys to be in that role moving forward. But those would be the first three calls. They don't have a lot of holes on this football team. They got to get some linebackers, some safeties on the defensive side. But to Marcus's point, this is a talented football team. But the first call is to Chicago. The second call is to Tampa. And the third call is to Minnesota. By the way, keep in mind, he's got one year left on this contract here currently, signing a three-year deal in 2021. Mike Tomlin staying with the Steelers heading into next season. Guys, up next, the Eagles and their collapse. Losing six out of their last seven games in the city of brotherly love is in shambles, trust me. But someone says Jalen Hurts is not the problem and questions surrounding Nick Sirianni are valid. You don't want to miss this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Back to our top story. The Bucks taking down the Eagles last night, Monday Night Football, capping the worst collapse in Eagles history. They were a league-best 10-1. They proceeded to lose six of their final seven games since the 1970 merger. They're just the third team to start 10 and one or better and fail to make it to the divisional round, joining the 2019 Patriots and the 2020 Steelers. Both those teams also losing the wild card round and failing to win 10 games the following season. Uh, okay, head coach Nick Sirianni, he could not escape all the questions about his future after the game. Um, I'm not worried about me. I'm not. I'm worried. I'm, I'm not worried. I'm. I'm. You know, as the head coach, uh, I'm just trying to be there for our guys and our staff right now. Um, you know, through a through a tough time. Um, you know, obviously, we, we didn't we didn't finish uh, anywhere near we wanted to finish. And uh, so again, my heart feels for these guys. You know, we're all taking it hard, and that's where my mind is. You went Nick back. I didn't know he was going anywhere. Well, there's obviously a lot of questions about whether. I know. I, I didn't know that. Wow. All right, Jeff, what can you add on where the Eagles and Sirianni go from here after this epic collapse? Kevin, I think it's important. This is a really delicate story because I, like many people, have heard a lot of the rumblings, a lot of the noise from people who are generally well-connected. But I haven't heard anything from Nick Sirianni yet, nor have I heard anything from owner Jeffrey Lurie about the fate of Nick Sirianni, just one year removed from making that Super Bowl appearance. So, uh, you know, we're not to the point yet where we uh, can come even close to reporting that his future is in jeopardy. But we can at least tell you some precedent here. It has happened before where a head coach has been fired a year after being in the Super Bowl. There were two coaches, Bill Callahan the, with the Raiders in 2003 and John Fox more recently with the Broncos in 2014. So as crazy as this does sound, uh, especially after the 10-1 and start, there is precedent. We'll keep a very close eye on this, but again, there is nothing imminent when it comes, at least as far as I've heard from Nick Sirianni or Jeffrey Lurie, when it comes to his future hey, in Philadelphia. Hey, keep in mind, Jeffrey Lurie, the owner, and Howie Roseman, the GM, they fired Doug Peterson a couple years after he won the only Super Bowl in Eagles history right. just a few years ago because they will do something if they feel like this team can make a move, specifically, too, when you talk about the Doug Peterson firing, Lane Johnson, a critical player in the locker room then and now. Here's what he said today. There's definitely times, I mean, even when you look out the course of the season, um, you know, what, what I tell my guys, the O-line, um, you know, no matter what the scoreboard is, you play, um, you know, no, no slopping, no clapping your hands, no sulking after bad plays. You go up, you go up to the line of scrimmage, like nothing happened, like a robot. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think something that's uh, needs to be addressed, you know, I think far as concerning next season, you don't want to give your opponents anything. I mean, they see the on film, sulking, bad body, all this stuff. You know, you can't give your opponents anything. The body language, that stands out, Dan. Your thoughts? Ooh. 
That says a lot right there from Lane Johnson, who's one of the most respected guys in this locker room. Okay, mm -hmm. so let, let's have an honest conversation about Philadelphia. Based on the play, okay, and based on the tape, you can justify changes at the top in both Dallas and Philadelphia now. Let, let's start at the offseason. Number one, the people that were placed in the coordinator roles. They, those decisions were made, to our knowledge, by Nick Sirianni. The college offense that Brian Johnson runs is not good for the NFL. The defense has gotten worse as the season went on. Number two, both sides of the football have gotten worse. When you, when you are coached well, you get better. Both sides of this off football team have gotten worse. Number three, in their biggest games, they were completely unprepared and outcoached. As the season went on, in the biggest games, they were completely unprepared and outcoached. They were outcoached last night, just the way Dallas was versus Green Bay on Sunday. Number four, um, if you look at the teams that suffered some injuries this year, Cleveland, they survived. Cincinnati, they stayed afloat. Minnesota, they saved, stayed afloat. Pittsburgh. So we can't just blame because they had some missing pieces here and there. And then the last part is this. They're going to have to change the minimum of coordinators. And they got some pieces player-wise that they got to fill. Is Nick Sirianni the guy that you want stewarding that and overseeing all of that change? That is part of this equation for Philadelphia. Based on how they played, you can justify changes in both places. Dan, I'm 100% with you. The, the one thing about the NFL, and you know this deal being in the locker room, once you lose their attention, it's hard to get it back. No doubt. You got to almost go back to ground zero and recreate and build up to a point. Because when you win, I don't like winning mask all these type of things, but there is no justification for this team being one and six in the last seven games outside of leadership yep we just talk, the players are good aj brown is one of the best receivers in the nfl they drafted Devonte smith in the first round the offensive line all came back and we know how dominant that unit was defensively you lost some things slate was out for a while you lost some guys up front you lost some linebackers we expected it to be some drop off there but this type this level of drop off mm -hmm. and then you change the defensive play call, caller in the middle of the season to me, when that move happened, were you grasping at straws or did you not have confidence in the guy calling plays initially that he could get it back when you moved Matt Patricia into that role? There were a number of things that were super alarming with the Philadelphia hey, Eagles Bella. beyond just the football field, yeah. which mm -hmm. created this type of bug. You're, so remember when things went south with Doug Peterson and Carson? Yep. You know this, Kev. It yep. was a, there, there was the rumors and then obviously the reports came out that like, Carson was placed above everybody else. Yep. And there was no, I guess, yep. um, accountability Accountability that, that was placed upon word. him. And I don't know if it's there with Jalen, but just the, the stuff with the sideline with A.J. Brown and then the response by Jalen when he was like, I didn't know they were going, that, that there was a plan for Nick Sirianni to go anywhere. It just comes across of like, is it happening again? 100%. Well, it feels yeah. like we're going through it again. With who's the accountability holding, stuff. Who's holding anybody accountable inside the locker room? Right. Leadership-wise. And do you have the head coach who has the yeah. right temperament? And they really miss Shane Steichen. Uh, there's accountability there. They really miss him as the OC, Marcus. Kev, Kev, with respect to you, bro, we, we come on this show and we can analyze football and look from afar. I don't know anyone in our building at ESPN more close to the Philadelphia Eagles than you are. You've been a fan your entire life. You understand this organization and this culture inside and out. And that was the most alarming thing for me. Mm -hmm. I have never, even when Philly wasn't good when I played for Dallas, they played hard. we knew they had culture. Yep. yep. We knew we knew how you had to play against this football team. 
And the fact that they fell off effort-wise, schematically, sometimes, look, man, make a coaching change. He's not good enough to sure. call plays. Or he's not good enough to put these guys in the right position. The the energy yep. what they played football with was the most alarming thing to me. And that was shocking to say this team was in the Super Bowl I, last year. I heard South Palace this morning say they've lost the fans. That is issue number one. Absolutely. Listen, lose, lose, but play with some passion and heart like you care. We didn't see that yesterday. Guys, thank you. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 